welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there, and thank you for downloading our podcast and listening to us today. We know there's many other podcasts available, but you've chosen us, and we are thankful. Pray and ask that you always uh, tell others about us, how you found us, that you'd hit that like button on your podcasting app so you would get alerts each time that we release our podcast. Today, we're going to be in Psalm 23, Psalm 23, so if you want to open a Bible and follow along, I would encourage you to do so. That way you know I'm preaching from the Word of God and not something else. We're going to talk today about goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. A little boy was asked one day if he knew where the Lord lived. The little boy said, well, yes, of course I know where he lives. He, he lives in our bathroom. And the Sunday school teacher asked him, what makes you say that? And the young boy responds and says, well, every Sunday morning... I hear my dad banging on the bathroom door, hollering and screaming, Good Lord, are you still in there? There have been some unusual preachers in the Bible, to say the least. In the Old Testament, for example, a a sermon was preached one time by a donkey to a man named Balaam. Uh, Knowing some of the liberal teaching that goes on in the church today, I think I'd rather hear the donkey than some of these other guys. In the New Testament, a rooster would preach a sermon to to Peter when Peter said he would not deny Jesus. The crowing rooster preached a sermon of Peter's denial. Here in Psalm 23, we have a sermon that is preached by a sheep. King David has placed himself in the role of a sheep. And to allow us to look at Christianity through the eyes of a sheep as they look on the shepherd. He knew God to be the restorer of his soul. In times of brokenness and in the one that, that led him in, in righteous pathways for his name's sake. He knew him to be a protector that even when he went into the low valley of death, he knew he had nothing to fear because the Lord was centrally and certainly centered in his life. With a rod and a staff, God was even preparing tables to feast off of right in the presence of his enemies. As if there was already a certain victory, He knew God to be the one that anointed him, causing his cup of joy to overflow. God had proven to him over and over again that he would be anything you need, anything at at moment's time, and for any reason, he is our God. He is our shepherd. And as long as you're Willing to follow him, you will never want for anything. 
This last verse has, I think, three important areas for all of us to remember. And we can see these areas in three words. Goodness, mercy, and forever. But, and it's followed really by a fourth word that uh, I think is important as well. And it will apply to us. The verse begins with the word surely. And no, not talking about a woman's name. There's, there's really a lot in this word, word, excuse me, this word is a word of, of affirmation. It is a verbal explanation point. And he is speaking with a voice of authority here. Humanity fears the future because we have really no security in it. Events will change, people's minds will change, uh, people's hearts change, the world changes, and, and we always see change. And humanity does not know the God of the Bible. Two businessmen were traveling together on an airplane, and one was taking a nap, and the other one was busy working on a crossword puzzle. He nudged his friend that was napping, and, and he asked, what is a word with three letters with the letter O in the middle of it? Meaning the man's best friend. His friend mumbled, dog. And after working the puzzle a bit, he discovered dog didn't fit. Because the last letter of the word was D. Now, you can probably guess this word, even with the two letters O and D. And a three-letter word describing man's best friend. They never did think of the first letter being G, that word being God. But we as Christians, we, we face the world with assurance. And yes, circumstances will change, but we face the future with a calm and certain assurance that God will not change. Because God does not change. Neither does His promises and David is able to make the great claim of the sixth verse. Goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will not might, but I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Indeed, God is our only security. Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways. They will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. What a sense of security that, we, that this word really surely brings. And let us look at these three things. This verse says the inheritance of a Christian. And the first thing I want to talk about, the first word, is goodness. Someone has once referred to goodness and mercy in this verse as being the shepherd's sheepdogs. And I think this is an okay analogy. Uh, sheepdogs do not chase the sheep to attack the sheep. Sheepdogs help uh, keep the sheep in the fold. They guide us to the next pasture, uh, 
and, and they scare off predators. If you ever watched a sheepdog in action, it's really kind of good. It's interesting how they do it. And God does not promises goodness in our lives. Oh, he does promise us goodness in our lives. But there's a catch here. We, we have to be true to him. Paul would write to the Romans, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The conditions that are given to us in this verse, first of all, God is working for our good in all things. And if we're walking with him, this verse is clear that God's goodness is not for the non-believer. Psalm 31, verse 19. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Something we don't talk about anymore in the church is the fear of God, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. You see, God cares for us. He, he protects us and he watches over us. And God desires to see goodness in our lives. And a lot of times when this doesn't happen, it's because of sin in our lives. Or we are walking contrary to the natural laws that he has placed. Goodness is there to keep us from straying. It is our reward for walking with Christ and not straying. The second word is, is mercy. The second uh, of these two sheepdogs mentioned is mercy. Mercy can be defined as God's pity on you and me. It is an aspect of God's love that causes him to help us. It is the reason God keeps getting us out of the masses that we put ourselves into. We are in this carnal state, and God keeps on loving us. We can thank God that he grants us mercy instead of justice. I remember a young man in a church where I was serving years ago. He, he was in trouble with the law, and he, he asked me to pray for justice. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yes. Yeah. So he did, and he went to jail. Okay, so uh, I guess be careful what you pray for, because that's what justice uh, was he deserved to be punished and we all deserve to be punished for our sin god shows mercy to those who have broken the law mercy is extended beyond the punishment that is withheld mercy is extended to circumstances beyond individuals control Notice here, Jesus here in Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. As Jesus went out from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked him, Then do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. 
Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. Mercy is shown that we can be merciful to others. Notice in the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes are just weaved all the way through the, the entire New Testament. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Also note that the length of time that these uh, two sheepdogs will be with us. The, the scripture states, all the days of my life. A as sheep, we go through many different types of days. Discouraging days, dangerous days, distressing days. And in all these days, God promises mercy for all my failures and goodness. For all my needs. Listeners, I, this is victory. And it is victory for you as well. There is a uh, bluegrass gospel song that says, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me to heaven's golden shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. David knew this, this song in his heart, I think, as well. He, he was longing to dwell in the house of the Lord. David was looking forward to heaven. I wonder how many people in church are really looking forward to heaven. Or are they looking forward to the next football game? Are they looking forward to the next date or the next reward that they might get on this planet. To me, there is no greater reward than to be with God for eternity. There was a preacher who had to fly a lot, and he said whenever he checked his baggage, he was asked many times, what is your final destination? And he said it, re it really shakes him up when he says heaven. Turn with me. Uh, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. And if you missed the joke, uh, he's getting ready to get on an airplane. Okay. Now we, we know that the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed. We have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Again, in this passage, two dwelling places are mentioned, a tent and a building. And when Paul refers to the tent, he's referring to our, our physical body. A tent is a temporary structure. We all know that. And it's used for a short period of time. A building is a dwelling place that is a lot more a permanent type thing. You just can't take it down and fold it up and, and put it in your backpack. In heaven, it will not be this way. We will have a home prepared for us by the master carpenter. And we will live the most blessed life of the ages. And Paul, he realizes this when he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We will gain a number of things in our eternal home. Blessing one will 
we will gain an incredible life. In this present body, we, we are subject to disappointments of life. We are subject to the growing as well as the aging process of life. We feel pleasure, pain, sickness, or health. We, but when we get to heaven, it's just not going to be that way. Revelation 21, verse 4. This is something that we all need to be looking forward to. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. We will gain a glorious home. No matter how beautiful or elaborate of a home that you may have in this world, and many of our listeners do not have the home that most of us have in America. But even so, even compared with this, the home in heaven will be far superior. John chapter 14, verses 1 and 3. Here's Jesus. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. The fourth blessing is that we will gain perfection. The Bible teaches that we'll we become just like Christ. And, and I believe that this means that we will share in those qualities with Christ that were once tainted by the curse of the sin nature. I certainly hope, listeners, dear friends now, that we all would be children of God, that we should be desiring to be like Him, to walk in His light, learn and study the depths of the Scriptures, and believe me, it, it's just, it's a lifetime of study, and I think that's why so many people uh, fall away as, as time goes on. It, it just takes uh, lots of effort. I think we get bored with things in our life, we move on with things, we get tired of whatever, but something we should never get bored with, something we should never get tired of, and that's studying God's Word, praying on a daily basis, an hourly basis. I mean, the Apostle Paul would say, pray without ceasing our life, our entire life, at every waking moment should be focused toward God I understand that we got to go to work. God knows that too. But it doesn't mean that we uh, go to work and put, uh, take our Christian clothes off and throw them uh, by the door or leave them in our vehicle or on the city bus or in the taxi. No, we, we keep our Christian clothing on. We keep the armor of God on. And we let people, let the light of Christ be shown and reflected in us. We all know people, we all can see in the world around us, those who claim to be Christian. 
and and you scratch your head and it's you know somebody's going to email me well you shouldn't judge and and i'm not condemning anybody to hell i'm just scratching my head and saying okay i want to present a better image of christ than what i am getting from others you know we we live by an example and when when people say, boy, that's what a Christian is like, I don't want nothing to do with it. What, what kind, of, kind of thing are we really teaching? What, what are we really showing? Goodness, is that what we're showing? And what about mercy? When somebody uh, sins against us, causes us a lot of heartache, are we showing mercy? These are not always easy things. These are challenging things. And being a Christian, if you've heard me say it many times, if you're a regular listener, it takes grit. It takes sand. It's, it is not a child's game. This is serious. It is something that you have to continually look forward to each and every day to step forward one more step in the light of Christ. Well, I know I need goodness and mercy from God, and I'm sure you do too. And let's all of us work together to help each other be in that goodness and mercy that we may all have our tears wiped away and be with God forever. I want to thank you for listening. I certainly hope and pray that you will tell others about us and hit that like button. Make sure you follow us. I am grateful that you've taken time out of your day to listen. May God bless you. May he always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.